you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't like it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? When in the SEC, Probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? <laughs> hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State! Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braden. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, babe, what's going on? Hey, not too much. You know, I'm getting kind of <laughs> fired up. You know, all these people, you know, if you've been out there paying attention, we're putting out the countdown, and I just got to, I don't think it's any of our fellow listeners here, but... Uh, the joke never gets old that the season ain't coming, but people keep making it. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, my goodness, Shane, I don't know about you, but I'm getting fired up just seeing Ole Miss and Arkansas back on the practice field. It's just, you know, not even a ton of content out coming from that, just little snippets of videos and photos. Mm-hmm. But, um, hey, it's coming, whether people think it's not. I mean, these SEC teams are preparing to get on the field and – like I said, just even these little clips, are they're just getting me fired up for football. <laughs> That's right, Mike. The pads are popping, son, you know, and it's just it just smells like football. You know, I, I you know, I grew up playing football and and that grass, that fresh cut grass early in the mornings on July and, and August, it just it just smells like like you're about to run your ass off that day. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> It's it, it's here, man. College football's in the air, and I think it's going to happen. I I've got a lot of buddies that are trying to convince me that that college football is not going to happen. They're talking about these smaller schools starting to fold up. Well, guess what? It's because the big schools are going conference only, and they're not going to pay them. And if these guys ain't getting the money, they're not going to have a football season. So don't be surprised if you don't see more of this. But that's not a telltale sign of what the big boys are going to do. The SEC is going to have football, Mike. I, I firmly believe it. It's 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 rolling now. Well, just as we're spieling here, Auburn, they tweeted out photo. They're back on the practice field, too. Gus Malzahn's got him, uh, you know, one of his Auburn masks on. Looks like he's about to rob a bank down there on the plains. But, my goodness, I'm just – just these images. I mean, there's not much to it, but just images. But still, after an <laughs> offseason of not having anything, it's pretty awesome to see. It's great to see these uh, players and coaches back on the practice field gearing mm-hmm. up for the season. And my goodness, Shane, <laughs> speaking of getting fired up for football, just when we thought, you know, we've kind of talked about this this offseason, but just when we didn't think, that the SEC could get any more exciting. We get Mike Leach, we get Lane Kiffin, 
we get Sam Pittman. And anybody that knows Pittman, I know a lot of people didn't see that hire coming, but people that know him know that man's a damn national treasure. <laughs> I mean, Arkansas, <laughs> they've, they've fully become aware of that here in you know this, this offseason. But my man, Eli Drinkwitz, and I got to be honest, when, this was, when his hire was made, I was like, well, here we go. Here's somebody that seems kind of ho hum, <laughs> and that's just that was just ignorance on my part because he's proven, I think, to be the best quote of all these coaches, at least this far in his SEC head coaching career. And my goodness, Shane, was he on a heater here on Wednesday? <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this one, but uh, he did. You know, we're all doing these virtual teleconferences, so it's not in person. And I mean, he's calling guys out for. He's wishing reporters were on furlough. <laughs> He's talking about the Corona Bros. He's talking about Lou Saban. Hell, he even called out a guy here for calling in from his car and could hear his GPS in the background. Uh, let's kick it over to quickly becoming one of my favorite coaches here in the SEC. Let's kick it over to Eli Drinkowitz. You know, go through the test line time and you're, you're negative. That doesn't mean that it's going to continue to stay that way. you gotta, you got to be disciplined which for us discipline is choosing the actions that are going to help you meet the standard. You got to continue to do those. Like I got to continually tell the ice cream, you know, no, I'm not going to have another, uh, another ice cream after dinner tonight. Hey Eli, Zoom does not like me today. So I'm sorry if this cuts out. Um, Dave, I, I thought I was hoping you're on furlough this week. And so I wouldn't have to uh, have questions. Those, are, those, wrong, those are over for now, thankfully. So unless I just disappear again. Hey, Coach, uh, is there any point in your previous coaching career you can kind of point to where there was either an, like it's called a sparse stadium, and how did that affect your communication with players uh, from a coaching perspective during that game? Brother, I've coached in the Sun Belt. There's a lot of soft, sparse stadiums going on, big dog. So, I mean, I'm good. I'm ready to roll. I've coached junior high football where there's 100 people in the stands. Like, but I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to throw any specific teams under the bus or stadiums that I've been in that were sparse, but I could have probably counted the number of people in a couple of games last year. Hey, Eli. Um, so I kind of wanted uh, – Dave kind of hit on it earlier, but I wanted to talk about the specific hashtag that's been going around, the hashtag Mask Up the Zoo, um, and your role – I mean, obviously you said you can't control um, what what people do in Florida, but you feel like you have – sort of some power to at least recommend it here in Columbia. Uh, yeah. What do you think your role is as a, as a coach or your platform? Yeah, I, well, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I don't believe I have power. I have influence. Uh, there's a certain amount of influence um, from being the head, head coach of SEC school, from being the head coach at the uh, University of Missouri and having the logo, you know, on your chest. It gives you a certain amount of credibility when you make conversations. Um, and so I think what we're trying to do is encourage people that it's okay to wear a mask. There's, it, it's okay to do it. I get there's arguments on both sides. Uh, I get that it, for some reason, it's been politicized. Um, I just happen to believe it happens to be good public health policy. Does it solve all the problems? I don't know. I'm a football coach. 
I know, I, I know how in order to get things done, everybody has to buy into a collective mission. Um, for us to, in COVID, we got to buy into a collective mission. It may not be a perfect plan. Seldom plans are perfect. Uh, plan your work, work the plan. They've got a plan in place. Let's all work the plan. And um, that's what we're trying to do. And we'll see if it works. We're, it ain't going to, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'm frustrated with the fact that it, you know, when people argue against it, it's like, why are we, why are we not willing to try it? You know, it's gotten to the point where there's, you got, you know, supposedly on Twitter, you got the Corona bros and then you got the, you know, the Corona, the, the guys who think it's fake. And, and now you've got both sides rooting against each other. Like I'm just rooting for the United States of America. And I'm just rooting for us to, to, to beat the disease. Like, I don't, I don't care who's right or wrong. Hey, Coach, I know you uh, don't like to deal with hypotheticals, but I also know you like being prepared. And with the possibility of a only conference schedule and possibly some new teams coming onto the schedule, are you already scouting teams from the West, or how are you doing game prep at, at this point? If we play a conference-only schedule, would Lou Saban or Nick Saban be the head coach at Alabama? I've, I've heard, I've heard conference-only, I've heard delay, I've heard spring, I've heard signing day changes, I've heard, think about all the different suggestions that have been thrown out. And here we are July 15th and we're in mandatory practices and we're rocking and rolling with their mask on, social distancing, preparing to play football. I don't know, man, I just, if, if we keep chasing hypotheticals, it's gonna, so no, Hypothetically, if we play Lou Saban, we'll be, you know, it'll be whatever. Uh, next one comes from Kaufman. Good Go ahead, Kaufman. Everybody got the joke. Everybody understands who Lou is? Okay. Yeah, yep. That'll, um, be, that'll be as popular as the Kirk Street deal. Hey, Eli, um, can you guys – can you hear me okay? I don't, I don't take questions from somebody riding in the car with GPS. <laughs> oh, can you, can you hear the GPS? Yeah. Oh, okay, hold on. Let me turn all right, Shade, I mean, <laughs> by God, there was so much there to, to just kind of parse through his comments there. But uh, which part of that was your favorite of, of all the – I mean, hell, he's even talked about uh, discipline of not eating ice cream here. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a lot of – you know, just – it does make me a little sad that he wasn't able to do this on national TV, you know, because that was a hell of a lineup he was involved with and – and I think he had a chance to, to grow his brand, but that's what we're doing, Mike. We're getting Eli out so people can realize that, uh, that he's a hell of a, he's just a hell of a person, man. You know, we talked about the Peter Burns came out with the, who they're going to take to Vegas, you know, and it's just, he didn't get a fair shot. And after, the more I'm listening to him, the more I'm like, you know what, I'd really like to hang out with this guy. So hopefully one day we'll kind of, we can have him on the pod, but my favorite part during the whole thing was probably the furlough, you know, because that sounds like a comment I would make, you know, I was like, oh, I thought you were, thought you'd be fired by now, but you know, <laughs> since you're here, let's go ahead and fill some questions. So it just, it just, it's, it's sad that everybody's on mute because I, you know, if everybody was off mute, there would have been a lot of laughs on that conference. Well, of course this is a SEC football podcast, not a ton of football, but uh, Drinkowitz did actually field a football question here. It was actually mm -hmm. the last – he talked for 30 minutes. This is the last question he got was about football. So uh, let's include that too because it sounds like 
you know, we touched on it when it happened. I believe it was about a month and a half ago. They landed this Division II receiver, Kiki Chisholm. Seems really impressed by what he's seen so far. And, of course, uh, Damon Hazleton, they landed Virginia Tech's leading receiver. And I actually recently just went back and watched the Kentucky-Virginia Tech bowl game of last season, and he made some plays in that game. He looks like a real player. So uh, Coach Drinkowitz talks about you know some of the, the weapons he's inherited there at Missouri, and he sounded fired up just talking about that. So uh, let's kick it over to those comments as well. Okay. I had a, I have actually have a football question, if that's okay. But if um, – That'd be refreshing. When, yeah, okay. So if camp starts in about three weeks, um, do you – offensively, do you just kind of pick up where you left off? Does it all kind of have to come together in those few weeks? Do you have a good sense of what you have offensively going into that? Uh, yes, yes, no, yes. Um, <laughs> we, we, we're going to pick off on what we've, where we left off. We have spent a tremendous amount of time in the summer and on Zoom calls, reteaching, reinstalling, relearning, you know, but the game is about doing an action and, and you're going to have to go out there and practice. And, that, and that's really the component that we've got to really focus on. Um, I don't have a tremendous sense of what we have because I haven't seen all the pieces work together. I do know that we've added some added some really good pieces, and the fact that nobody asked about Kiki Chisholm on this phone call blows my mind because that dude's an absolute freaking stud um, in a steal and couldn't be more excited about this young man transferring into our program and being a, a just an unbelievable person. Uh, great character, former high school quarterback that's uh, really developed himself into a tremendous player and potential NFL player. And to be able to add him with a young man uh, 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 like Dame Hazleton on the outside, I mean, our quarterbacks, whoever our quarterback is, has added two tremendous weapons um, that are going to be tremendous. You know, you've got great, you know, we, you know, I, I believe, uh, Larry was acknowledged by Jim Nagy on the, on the senior on the Reese's Bowl yesterday about his ability. You got you got Tyler Beatty, uh, who's got just uh, electric speed and vision, and and so we don't we know we do have pieces. It's just a matter of those pieces coming together, and that's our job as coaches is to get those pieces all pushed in the same dire direction as quickly as possible. Um, and so yeah, we'll pick up where we left off and keep pushing and. Uh, I'm excited about I don't I don't know if y'all can tell I'm excited about those guys and, and you know look I, I know I mentioned uh, you know Kiki and Dame because they're new but that doesn't mean I'm I'm not in, extremely excited about Jalen Knox and and Toski Dove and Dom Jacinto and Michael Wilson and uh, uh, C J Boone and uh, uh, you know the freshman J J Hester and Chance Looper and and Chris Abrams Drain and uh, Jay Macklin and Barrett Bannister, uh, you know, because for us, the, a key component is always compete. And so there's going to be great competition in that room. And, and I'm excited about who steps up. And those guys are going to be – one of these days, y'all might actually get to see them in person and you'll realize why I've spoken so uh, highly of the way those, those guys look. Because, wow, that, that they are – those guys look like SEC receivers now. All right. So, I mean, it's just – it's kind of – the big question there in Missouri is going to be the quarterback. But just based mm -hmm. on these questions, it seems like Eli Drinkowitz really fired up about 
you know, all the pieces he's got around that quarterback. We know, yeah. you know, they got Larry Roundtree at running back. Um, I mean, they as long as that offensive line, you know, plays pretty well, I think, you know, the, if if the quarterback comes around and we suspect it's going to be Sean Robinson, the TCU transfer, man, I'm, I'm having some trouble trying to peg where Missouri is going to be because I think they could be a surprise <laughs> team here in the SEC East. Absolutely, man. I, I first thing I did after listening to this is did a little bit more research on old Kiki, and and he's got some highlights out there. The kid's impressive. He's six three, two hundred ten pound uh, wide receiver. But the little article I found talked about him uh, finishing up his master's degree. So you know he's one of those guys that's a, a perfectionist. You know, and that's kind of what you you're going to need, especially in a new system. You need a guy that's just that that knows his routes, you know what I'm saying? The quarterback safety blanket. So, uh, but the fact that coach comes out and circled him, uh, makes me intrigued. I don't know about you, but I, I I'm definitely interested in seeing him in, uh, in, in the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we need Missouri tweet out some videos here, boys. We, <laughs> we need to see these guys in action. And you know, Roundtree, Roundtree's had flashes in the past and, and I think he's fully capable of being a, a fantastic back in the SEC, you know. It's just, I, I, there's something about Eli. What he was able to do with, uh, the fact he was able to take a running back from App State and put him into the NFL makes me feel better about Roundtree's future. So I, I definitely think he's going to get him in better position and to be more productive for that offense. So, you know, here's a team that we were worried about some weapons coming into the season, but I don't know. The longer this thing goes out, the more the, the more excited I'm getting about these guys up there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's next. Let's kick it down to Athens. For the big news in the SEC this week, of course, JT Daniels, USC transfer, announced he's eligible immediately at mm. Georgia, and that's pretty huge for the SEC race. And all of a sudden. Athens already got them. It was already interesting when they got JT Daniels, but I didn't really understand if he was going to be eligible immediately. And hell, he is. And, you know, I think that's great news for Georgia. I think all these kids should be eligible immediately when they transfer. I think they deserve at least one transfer, uh, you know, but while they're undergraduates, I don't really understand why they got to sit out. And I got to be honest, though, my initial reaction. Why in the hell is JT Daniels eligible before Cade Mays? And I got a landslide of Tennessee fans <laughs> saying, well, yeah, hell, that don't make no sense. I got Georgia people calling me a damn moron and, and Homer and all this. But it, apparently, according to Tennessee media, I think this was first uh, reported by Austin Price, uh, apparently Cade Mays hadn't even done the damn waiver there at Tennessee, or Tennessee hasn't done it for him until about oh this week. So I don't know what in the hell is a hold up there, but – I mean, you could say the same thing. Why is Joey Gatewood? Why is he not eligible at Kentucky? Uh, yeah. Why is Otis Reese not eligible at Ole Miss? Why is Florida receiver Justin Shorter, why are they still waiting where J.T. Daniels gets his first when he transferred last? It doesn't make any sense to me, but maybe that's a conversation for a different day. But I yeah. I really think – I think J.T. Daniels is going to be the starting quarterback at Georgia, if not week one by the end of the season – because I think he's, I just think he's a unique talent that I don't want to say Joe Burrow because that's kind of that's a ton of praise to Easy, put on Mike. the guy. But Easy. I think he could be that by the end of his career, especially with all the weapons he's got at Georgia. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got impressive arm talent. And remember, all the what any highlight you see of him at USC, you got to remember, he was supposed to be in high school. I mean, my God. And I know his stats were not you know game breaking there during his true freshman year, but that was a transition year at USC. I believe the offensive coordinator was T. Martin, and he got let go. And I don't know. I I just think this is huge news, and this may this may even change my pick here in the SEC East. I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts on, on all this? I mean, I know I just said a lot there. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot to take in, and I don't think you've mentioned the biggest news, Mike. Have you seen this kid's mustache? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they released the headshot the other day, and that's all I saw was porn stash all day long on Twitter, you know, or Gardner Minshew mentions, you know. So uh, I, I, I don't know, man. We've got us a damn quarterback battle down here, and – you know, I, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are still sold on Newman. I, I you know, I know what you said that this guy's a, a, a plus quarterback. You probably know a lot more about him than I do, but I don't know what, what are you getting here? You're, you're kind of getting a Jake from, uh, when he comes in here, you know, his long ball is not as pretty as Newman. Mm-hmm. He's not as mo- mobile as Newman. It's like, are we, are we comfortable having the same thing or does Georgia need to do something a little bit different? So is this going to be a one, two combination? That's, that's the, a lot of questions that need to be answered, you know, and, uh, I'm not willing to, to crown JT and I'm not willing to crown Newman just yet, but I, I think that, you know, that old saying, as the water rises, so do the ships, or I don't know if that's a saying or not, but the, <laughs> I, maybe I just made that up. It sounds pretty good. But you have two excellent quarterbacks in that locker room now that are actually competing. I think it can only help this team. It can only help these guys get over that hurdle and, and maybe really compete for a, for a national title, uh, or at least the SEC title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean – I see what you're saying. I mean, maybe his game – I don't think his game resembles Jake Fromm that much to me, but I but I see what you're saying with the styles. I mean, he's not mm-hmm. a mobile guy. And I should have mentioned, of course, you know, JT Daniels lost for the season last year at USC, injured, I believe it was his knee. So I'm not even 100% sure he's, he's at 100% going into training camp. But if he is – you know that's that's a that's a big asterisk there. If he yeah, is he's, if he's a hundred percent, I think he's going to play a lot at Georgia this year, and it's just I just think he's got a higher ceiling than Jamie Newman down the line, and hell, he's yeah. got three years to play at Georgia, so yeah, that's something to consider there. I mean, the at Georgia, it's got to be national championship, SEC championship. Those are the <laughs> expectations, right? And I'm not saying Jamie Newman can't get there, but just based on what I've seen. I don't know. I'm taking JT Daniels over Jamie Newman as long as he's 100% healthy. But, but I mean, think about it. He he, he did lose his job. Now he lost it because of an injury or whatever. But mm-hmm. he still he still lost his job. You know, he's got plenty. What'd you say? Three years of eligibility. Yep. You know, so that's great. Um, if Georgia wants to continue to grow, but you know, Georgia wants to win now. You know, who's going to help them win now? Do you think it's going to be JT coming off an injury, or do you think it's going to be Newman that that left as a starter, came to the SEC because he wants to prove something? You know, I just 
I don't know. I just I love the idea of Newman down there just because it's going to make that team different. Uh, it's going to it's going to make it's going to make defenses be a little bit more honest. You know, they can't, they're not just going to keep loading up the box because he can't throw it deep, you know, and then they can't just cover all those talented receivers because, you know, he could always tuck and run. And plus they got a stable of running backs back there. So I just, I don't know. I like the idea of Newman, but if, if this is the next guy, if this is the the king of football, you know, it's going to be hard for him to sit on the bench, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and that's just, added plus that you get to keep them for a few more years well one thing we haven't mentioned yet georgia offensive line obviously totally reworked only returning one starter so that unit may not be up to speed week one maybe that does favor jamie newman because he's the more mobile guy you know if there's going to be pressure that's not to say georgia i mean the guys that got coming in there i mean we're talking four and five star players across the board so i'm not saying georgia's offensive line is going to be terrible but if there's you know a transition there, maybe it does suit you better to have the mobile quarterback at first. But how about this thought? I wanted to get, I want to give a shout out to the guy because he was the first one I saw come up with it. But Brandon Zimmerman of the SEC Network, he said Georgia has now got some depth at quarterback in case Corona knocks out one of their starters. <laughs> and I mean, I I know that's insane to even mention, but hell, that's that's kind of the the world we're living in right now. If, you know, I would almost keep these guys in separate rooms because, um, you know, I don't know how far we want to go down that rabbit hole, but if a starting quarterback it does have corona, you know, he's going to have to be out a week or two or whatever for the season. Mm-hmm. And now Georgia's got some awesome depth here, whoever wins this quarterback job. So, I, I mean, I don't really see any negative to this. And, and if nothing else, if Jamie Newman is as good as they say, you know, Make him prove it. Make him beat out JT Daniels. I, I mean, I'm not seeing any negative for Georgia here, aside from potential, maybe dividing the locker room. But hell, I I couldn't imagine either one of these guys that have just gotten here. You know, I couldn't imagine all you know half the teams in favor of one guy and half in favor of the other. You know what I mean? Like they haven't had time to to kind of like take over the locker room. You know, I I think the locker room is going to go with the best player. My only concern, Mike, the season goes south. Okay, Kirby, Kirby already. I mean, a lot of people think Kirby messed up with the whole Jake Fromm, mm-hmm. uh, Fields. Fields. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here you got Fields. A lot of people think he's the best quarterback. There's, I've heard it. I've seen articles talking about Fields is the best quarterback in the, in in college football. You know, uh, potential first round first pick. You know, mm-hmm. so. There's a lot of people that think Kirby fumbled that. Now, if they limp into this season with a quarterback controversy and he and he rolls the dice and he picks wrong again, I'm telling you, man, they they're going to crucify the man down there because they're going to say here he has all that talent and he is squandering it. So there's a lot of pressure down there in Georgia, you know, especially now that you've got two quarterbacks that can play because if you do pick the wrong one it could really backfire on him. I'm not saying Kirby's going to lose his job, so, you know, stop tweeting at me. I'm just saying <laughs> that the seat will get a little warmer if he makes a bad decision here. Mm-hmm. And this is something after this news came out, I was having a little fun on Twitter. I want to I want to throw this at you, and I'm just going to go by team by team, and you'd let me know thoughts. If you disagree, that's fine, but – 
These are the teams in the SEC that if JT Daniels is 100% healthy to start the season, these are the teams I think he would start over all the quarterbacks they got on their roster. First team on on my list here, Alabama. I'm starting JT Daniels over Mac Jones. Why do you disagree? Well, we've talked about this on pods in the past. I'm a huge believer in Jones. Mm -hmm. I think – the development he had after that Auburn game, you know, you saw it in Mich- when they were going against Michigan, his his progression, the weapons he has around him, he knows the system. I, I think, you know, granted, they're, you know, they they got Sarkeesian coming back, you know, so the offense shouldn't change too much. So I, I think Jones is in a good spot, and uh, it it would take – it would take a lot for me to to switch these guys, and I'm not willing to do that. Okay. I mean, I I think that's fair. I think a lot of people would make that same case, but JT Daniels knows the system too. I mean, the Sarkeesian USC offense, that's, I know, that's yeah, basically that's what they're running, and he'd have the same weapons as Mac Jones, and he's a, he's a lot better player in my – or at least arm talent and, and things of that nature. Uh, next on the list, Arkansas. Any debate there? No, no debate there. Ole Miss. Uh, no, no. But, I, I mean, no. I, th- I think <laughs> Plumtree would still get playing time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You got you uh, to you you put him on the field in some capacity. You know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mississippi State. No no problem there. And that was the, big, what, that was the what biggest do you think? one I've got. That was the biggest blowback I got. God bless them. Hail State. I hope they're right because I th- I, I think K.J. Costello will throw for a million yards just playing in Mike Leach's yeah. system. But I think that says more about Mike Leach just being a damn offensive genius than it mm-hmm. will anything K.J. Costello. But, my God, these fans are – they think he's going to win two Heismans in one year or something. <laughs> I mean, they're totally bought in on Costello. And I hope the, I hope they're right because that's that's how they'll be competitive this year if he's that good. You know what? But – no, I'm definitely taking JT Daniels over Costello. Well, you know what he did last time with the mustache quarterback. So, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I think <laughs> – I mean, he made Gardner look like a damn, you know, hero. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's close. Uh, but I, I'm still going to lean I, – I think I'd still lean uh, more toward JT there. All right, how about uh, Kentucky, Terry Wilson? I, th- I think he'd start over Terry Wilson. Ooh, you know, Terry, Terry Wilson's got a soft spot in my heart. So, I'm going to – I'm going to disagree there. I think they would. I think they would let him play a little bit, you know. But I, I think that's Terry's baby, mm-hmm. and um, and I think he has a big bounce back season here. All right. What about a Missouri? Uh, yeah, definitely. South Carolina. <sighs> you know, I'm I'm on the fence with that one, Mike. That's a close one for me. I, I think. I think with South Carolina and and our old Hoslinski, I just think I think injury was was a bit big thing with him last year. He's going to be coming back healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm going to lean more toward where just staying where they're at. All right, uh, this one's going to hurt you, Shane. Tennessee. I think he starts at Tennessee. It's tough to argue because um, we wanted him. You know, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> We, we, we did everything we could to, to get him. So I, I, I think you're right. Uh, coaches wouldn't have tried that hard if they believed the future was already on that roster. Not saying that Bailey's not going to be the guy later or uh, who knows one of these other quarterbacks step up. But 
I'm just, you know me, not a firm believer in, in JG, and uh, who knows, maybe he'll prove me wrong this season. But, yeah, I, I think he'd start Tennessee. And last one I got, Vanderbilt. I don't think there's any question JT Davis no. be starting quarterback he can, there. He's he starting middle linebacker if he wants, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, I did get some blowback. People up saying, well, what about LSU? But I think they had an opportunity to go after JT Daniels, and they didn't go after him. I think that speaks to how much faith they got in Miles Brennan and the fact that he knows the system. Uh, some people say in Auburn, but nah, I think Bo Nix fits that offense a hell of a lot better than JT Daniels. And, uh, I mean, I think that's pretty much the list. And I even had someone say Kellamon, but I don't, I don't, I'm not buying that because he's been there for so long. He, he's – you know, master Jimbo Fisher's offense. I don't think JT Daniels could come in there and steal the job from Killamon. No, but I th- I think he would be good competition with him. You know, I think he would help Mond, mm-hmm. but uh, I th- I still think Mond would run away with that one. And uh, the 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 Auburn one, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Malzon. He's he's man, he's hook line and sinker with Bo. I think mm-hmm. you know if if Bo don't make it. Gus doesn't make it. So <laughs> right. that, that that wagon is hitched, brother. <laughs> All right, one final thing here on Georgia. Uh, some unfortunate news, but their five-star offensive lineman, Broderick Jones, suffered a lower leg injury over the weekend riding a motorbike of some kind. Oh, so he's out a, one to two months, according to Jake Rowe of uh, Dogs 247. This was a five-star number two offensive tackle in the nation, scheduled to potentially start for that Bulldog offensive line. So, you know, thank God. It, it sounds like Broderick Jones is going to be fine here in a couple months, but that's obviously not the news you want going into fall camp. So he's probably – I mean, he's going to have to take a red shirt at this point, I would think, you know. So uh, that's, yeah. that's tough. That sucks. And you never – I mean, when the when the practice starts, you, you always worry, you know, especially at the beginning of the – you know, especially in August and stuff like that. But – when it's off the field, motor scooter, you know what I'm saying? It's right. just totally like, avoidable, you know what? Oh, man, that just that that hurts a little bit more, Mike. So, uh, if anything, that, that's that's gonna that's gonna affect some stuff down there. Hey, you know, final thing. This was it was a slow week here or so far here in the SEC. Um, I did want to make this reference. This is outside the SEC, but could apply to a couple SEC teams. Uh, For anyone that missed it, five-star cornerback Tony Grimes, number one prospect at the the cornerback position in the uh, 2021 recruiting class. You know, he committed to North Carolina about 10 days ago, and then he has announced he is going to skip his senior season of high school because he's from Virginia, and I believe Virginia has come out and said, you know, we're not having high school football this year. So five-star is going to enroll early. And hell, even uh, he's reclassifying is what it's technically called. So he's going to be on North Carolina's campus for the fall season. Mm. And that's just something to keep in mind because I think around the nation, if if there's more players, you know, they got to have their academics in order and they, it's got to be an option to do this. But I think we're going to see more kids do this if the high school seasons are delayed or canceled or what have you because I think this is a genius move for, it, for any player that can legitimately make this jump. Because here, yeah. here's why. I mean, even if they're not ready to see the college field, you know, they're not – maybe their bodies are not ready or what have you, they'll have an extra, you know, several months in a college 
training program with conditioning mm-hmm. and, and nutrition and, and in the playbook. And if you're that good, you know, if you got NFL potential, you are starting the clock on that three years you got to play, be removed from high school before you make that jump to the NFL. You're starting that clock early. So mm-hmm. that's just something to think about because obviously most five stars in the nation commit to the SEC. We're going to see plenty of these kids, uh, you know, either already committed to the SEC or will be soon. If they've already committed, like Tennessee's got a guy, uh, Alabama's got two five stars. I mean, this could apply to any player. It, it doesn't yeah. matter their ranking, but it's going to be interesting to see. I think uh, we could see a situation where, you know, like Tennessee's got a five-star Terrence Lewis from Florida committed. They need help at linebacker. <laughs> I don't know what his <laughs> grades are like, but if he's got the grades, hell, he could be on Tennessee's football roster this season on the team. So that's just something to think about where as we continue to see these high school, we don't know the situation state by state, who's going to have football, who's not. So mm-hmm. that's just a situation to monitor in this crazy, crazy 2020. <laughs> Some of these teams could be getting help immediately from the current recruiting class. So that's just something to think about. Exactly. I wish my body was ready, you know. <laughs> I'll eat. I'm just gonna blame all these gyms closing. You know, I had a good, I had a good, <laughs> had a good thing going until COVID came in and ruined everything. So, uh, just kidding, just kidding. I, I, I think that Mike, you could throw out all the rule books in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, this is every we've. This has been a wild freaking year. I'm seeing pictures now of these fish coming out of the lake that's got teeth and stuff, and it's just like <laughs> I don't know what's going to pop up next. You know, <laughs> what I'm saying is, so I, it, it doesn't surprise me. Like if you would have told me uh, that there's going to be more kids leaving high school early because they couldn't play, I mean, I would have called you nuts if you would have told me this last year. Mm-hmm. You know, but this is this is different and. Uh, and I'm, I'm telling you, just like what we, we talked about in the last show, I, I think this is going to change a lot of stuff that we see in the future. It's going to change the landscape of college football, professional football, all sports, academics, you know. Now, not all the schools, what, what is intriguing is not all the high schools are going to be like Virginia. You know, Tennessee has come out and uh, uh, the governor says we're going to have we're going to have high school football. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I seen Mississippi do the same thing. They're going to have high school football. So there's going to be a lot of States with a lot of talent that are still going to have high school football. But what makes it even more interesting is when you do have kids from other high schools deciding to go on up to the bigs, you know, uh, they're, they're probably not going to see the field, but you know, the, the growth that a kid makes, from the time he gets on campus to the time he actually gets on the field is tremendous, you know? So you you get an opportunity to get your bodies right sooner than later. That means you can produce sooner. Uh, That means you've got potential, some of these schools, to get to the NFL sooner. So um, I don't know. I think this is – nothing's going to surprise me. Uh, But, you know, I just hope – that that these coaches and that these um, these parents, you know, they keep the kids, you know, because there's there's a part of me that you know I think you should enjoy, you know, your senior year in high school. You right. know, what I'm saying it's yeah, like definitely. The, that's like the year. I mean, when I think about school, that I, most of my greatest memories came from senior year because you you got pretty much everything done, you know, and 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 you kind of take that away, but 
it's also different with some of these athletes, especially if they're going to these academies that are just for football, like IMG or something like that, you know? So that's a whole different topic. Uh, let's just, let's roll with it. Let's see what happens, Mike, and we'll embrace <laughs> it as long as we get college football, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like I said, that's all we got is a pretty slow week here in the SEC football news. So I think that's going to do it for us. Um, and we've ha- we've had the five-star ratings come flying in, so we really appreciate that. We're sending out beer koozies to anybody that does that free of charge. Just reach out to us as soon as you've done that, and I'm happy to send those right off to you. So I uh, really want to say thanks for all those. We'll get to those, um, I think, at the tail end of the week. But you got anything else before we hop off here, buddy? I got one more thing. I saw Jamar Chaney's going back down to Mississippi State. Oh yeah, that was that was uh, something uh, actually just happened a little bit while before we hopped on here. But uh, former Mississippi State linebacker Jamar Chaney, like he said, leaving Florida's support staff. He was uh, assistant director of player personnel there at Florida, joining Mike Leach's Mississippi State program. So mm-hmm. I like to see that because that's what you want to do when you hire a guy like Mike Leach. We all got a ton of respect for that guy as an mm-hmm. offensive play caller and, and, and guru and all this, but not a ton of ties to that school or that state. So you, you know, that's why it was so big. I thought for Mississippi state to keep Tony Hughes, the longtime Mississippi state assistant, bring back some former players like Jamar Chaney that know the state that know the school. And it's just going to make Mike Leach's tenure there in Starkville that much mm-hmm. stronger in my opinion. So uh, good note there, Shane, and I, I think that's a hell of a move for for Mike Leach and Mississippi State. Absolutely, I always I always love when these guys go back, you know, and uh, get. I, I don't know, just 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 to add, like we've got some on on Tennessee's roster, you know, like I mean, you look at T. Martin and and all these guys, you're like, yo, you know, you just it just it's just added, you know, um, when they go back to their alma mater. So I thought that was awesome, and then then of course you got players out there like. Peyton Hill is crying because nobody remembers him, you know. So this, I, I, I just, I, just, I love it. I love them being around the program, and I think it's a good move for Coach Leach too, to to embrace some of those former players. So and I, I know it's it's been kind of a short one. It's late. It's it's almost ten o'clock. Uh, I, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. the The ratings review do help us out. Um, so if you do have a an Apple product, you can get on there and give us a five star rating. That's really appreciated. You know, if you're going down to the Verizon store to get something fixed, you know, just, just scroll on over there. Give us a, you know, put in there. I'm at the Verizon store or something, you know, just whatever. But uh, those those rating reviews do help. Uh, the little extra effort really goes a long ways. And uh, I'm just, I'm glad, Mike. I mean, every time we talk, we're one day closer to college football. It's just right around the corner. We're under two months. Let's, uh, you know, hope and pray it happens. Yeah, I mean, we're getting close, but I'm getting fired up just thinking about it. And, uh, hey, I'm I'm just ready for uh, I'm just ready for some SEC football, man, after this terrible long offseason. You know what? Because I'm telling you, Mike, I'm, I'm in like 15 group text messages, and it's just negativity all, all day long. <laughs> but it all goes away once football starts, you know? Mm-hmm. It's either fantasy football, it's college football, it's SEC football. It's 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 it just erases all the negativity and I'm looking forward to that. Uh like you said, I, I, we're in the 50s, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're, we're almost out of linemen. We're going to the 40s. <laughs> what is that linebackers? You know what I'm saying? So, 
we're we're almost there, man. And then when you get thirty, then it's like a month away, and then and then they can't change anything because we're already committed. We're already sitting there in the parking lot. So I'm I'm ready. Football's happening. Stay on the stay listening to us because we're gonna keep pumping it up. All right, Shane, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks, as always, for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols.